Hey, this is TJ and I'm the lead pastor here at Revamp Church. Thanks for listening to our weekly sermon podcast. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you and helps you experience life change through Jesus. For more sermons like this, resources or opportunities to get connected, visit us at Revamp Church PTA on Facebook or Instagram. to greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning we'll be reading from the book of John chapter 5 verse 1 to 9. John chapter 5 verse 1 to 9. Hallelujah. Um, It reads as follows. It says sometimes later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there in Jerusalem near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, in which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. One who had been there had been had been an invalid, meaning he was paralyzed for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, the paralyzed man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Hallelujah. So for the past two weeks, I've, I've been going to weddings and, and funerals. And I've been having conversations with people from different walks of life. I must say, I'm perplexed by how deeply discouraged some Christians are and how they are walking in defeat daily. They don't have faith anymore in God and they just tackling each day with a defeated mindset and distorted view of who God is in their lives. Is as if they allowed the challenges of life to infiltrate their belief in God. You hear Christians saying, Christians saying, I wonder if God exists. I wonder if he can still hear me. I wonder if he can still see me. No matter how genuine their questions are, In the midst of that, I was also hearing and sensing them, and sensing that um, 
uh, uh, sensing that they are denying or slowly denying Jesus' deity. They're slowly denying the fact that he is God. I was hearing them saying, I've been in this situation for so long. If he is God that saves, why isn't he saving me from from this situation? Why is he not saving me from this condition? Why is he not healing me from this sickness? I know you're listening to this and saying, but, but Pastor TJ, I can relate with those individuals. And this morning, I would love to challenge you or perhaps remind you of who Jesus is. And I believe the book of John is a great book to remind us and challenge our stance or where we are with our relationship with God. Hallelujah. I just want to give you a brief, a brief background. Just a brief background on the book of John. See, John shares with us about Jesus' ministry and this is going to give us context of what we're sharing about today. So John shares with us about Jesus' ministry in Judea and Jerusalem and and he gives us a deeper insight into the personhood of Jesus as both God and man. And that is why we can confidently say that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And some of you might know John that uh, might know John that that John was was one of the 12 original disciples and a member of what might be called Jesus uh, Jesus inner circle. You know Peter, James and John. He was in Jesus inner circle. So we will be hearing a story or stories from an individual who had an amazing encounter and was in close proximity or a close relationship or had a close relationship with with Jesus. Hallelujah. So I feel like John wrote this book for us, especially with what we have to deal with this morning. He wrote this book to refute or argue against a dangerous false teaching or heresy that emerged among believers. They were starting to deny the deity of Jesus. And that is why you read John saying that his purpose of writing of writing of writing uh, 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 is, is 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 that is that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name if you read John 20 31 31 you'll find that that John is saying that I'm writing that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and by believing that Jesus is the Christ and that that he is the son of God that you will have life in his name so he wasn't only writing to unbelievers but he was also writing 
to believers to encourage them to continue to uh, to follow Jesus to follow Christ so that their faith can be strengthened so that they can resist false teaching and deepen their relationship with God the Father and his son Jesus hallelujah so as we discuss these two things that I will be talking about I want to share with you from the book of John uh, the book of John may your faith be strengthened this in this season you are in may you resist any form of false teaching and even doubt that comes through challenges of life and may your relationship with God be deepened in Jesus name this morning hallelujah two things Jesus is two things Jesus is see as we read the book of John 5 verse 1 it says sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals so Jesus was going to the feast of the Jews so he was going to a party he was going to a celebration hallelujah and in verse 10 it says now there in Jerusalem near the sheep uh, the sheep gate a, a sheep gate a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda so Bethesda simply means the house of grace right the house of grace this name was given strategically because of the location uh, because of the location itself was known as a place of disgrace due to people who were sick due to people who used to uh, be there that's why the bible says here that here a great number of disabled people used to lie used to lie there the blind used to be there the lame used to be there the paralyzed used to be there so in our modern term people who had hiv positive were there people who have covid 19 people who struggle from leprosy people who struggle from uh, 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 diabetes like all kinds of sick and paralyzed or physically challenged mentally challenged people were there they were at bethesda hallelujah and in verse 5 it tends our focus to a specific person and the bible says in verse 5 one who was there had been an invalid or was paralyzed for 38 years hallelujah for 38 years this man suffered for so many years i could only imagine this man had experienced disappointment at not being healed while repeatedly looking to god in expectation so each and every day this guy would come hallelujah and 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 and, and in, in verse 7 the bible gives us a description a little bit of a description of what this man was going through he says he says i have no one to help me into the pool when the water is dead while i'm trying to get in someone else goes down ahead of me so meaning that daily 
daily for years this man was trying to get healing this man was desperately looking to God in expectation and 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 every time he tries to get into the pool someone would overtake him and get into the pool he had experienced disappointment in not being healed and in verse 6, that's where we find our two things. Two things that I would love us to speak about. Two things that Jesus was to this man. And two things that Jesus is to us this morning. In verse 6, it says, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? We see two things there. When Jesus saw him, hallelujah. The first thing that we see there is Jesus is the God who sees. Jesus is the God who sees. I want you to shout these words with me. Say, Jesus is the God who sees. Say, Jesus is the God who sees. Hallelujah. There are so many of us that can relate with the disappointment of this invalid man. Where you expect a miracle or an answer from God, but it doesn't happen. It's like God is doing things for others and passes you by how many people have gone before this man and received their healing how many people have you seen receiving answers right before your eyes and we end up asking lord do you see my pain lord do you see my struggle lord do you see my accusers lord do you even care about me But I encourage you this morning by a juicy story that happened in Genesis 16. And I'm saying juicy because there's a lot of drama happening there in Genesis 16. But to paraphrase it, there was a woman called Hagar. She was an employer, I mean an employee or, or a servant of Sarah. And, I'm, and, and I want you to get this, Sarah was barren. Sarah then has a conversation with the husband and says to the husband, I want you to sleep with Hagar. Since I'm barren, I want you to sleep with Hagar so that they can so that we can have a child. So Hagar falls into collateral damage of a conversation between a husband and a wife. Right When Hagar got pregnant, Sarah started accusing, or actually, Sarah started mistreating Hagar. I can just imagine Sarah saying to Hagar, don't forget that that child is not yours. We're actually doing you a favor. 
if it wasn't for me you could not you you would not even be pregnant by now you better eat right that child must come here on earth on earth healthy i can just imagine all kinds of insult coming from sarah to a point where hagar ran away to the desert because the bible says sarah mistreated hagar to a point where hagar ran away to the desert i can just again imagine hagar in the desert crying and asking all sorts of questions like we are in our situations lord do you see my pain lord do you see my tears lord do you see my struggle how long lord should i bear this pain how long should i bear these piercing words from 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 a friend it might be from a friend it might be from your partner it might be from your spouse lord do you even care about me i can just imagine hagar saying all these words and crying out to the lord The Bible says while Hagar was in the desert an angel of the Lord appeared to her. And in verse 10 Genesis 16 verse 10 the angel said I, I will I will increase your descendants descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. I need you to understand that God spoke to Hagar in the desert. So this teaches us that in our lowest moments there is someone who sees us who sees our pain who hears our cry in your lowest moments right where you are right now God sees what you're going through God sees your pain God sees your struggle do not let the enemy tells you otherwise do not let your friends tell you otherwise God sees your pain God hears your cry. He is the God that sees. The Lord encouraged Hagar in that situation to a point where she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. He says, "You are El Roy. You are the God who sees me. You are the God who sees me." Check Genesis 16 verse 13. He says, "You are the God who sees me." You are El Roy, the God who sees. We are never alone, people of God. We serve a God that sees us. God is never unaware of what we are going through. He sees what we're going through. He sees our struggles. He sees our challenges. He sees our conditions. He saw Hagar. Hallelujah. He saw Hagar but did not give a quick fix. He saw Hagar but did not give a quick fix, but he guaranteed her hope. God is a God of a bigger picture, and we have to trust his instructions in every situation. See, God told her to go back. He's see God said go I want you to go back. 
but she also needed to go back knowing that God has a plan and a purpose with her. God needed her to know Proverbs 15 verse 3 that says the Lord is watching everything. The Lord is watching everywhere, keeping his eyes on both the evil and the good. He's watching over us. He's watching over you. He sees that situation that you are going through. He sees that struggle that you're going through. He sees your accusers. He cares about you. Jesus is the God who sees. Hallelujah. He's the God who sees. The second thing is Jesus is the God who knows. The Bible says there in John 5, verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition. In another translation it says, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? So Jesus is not the God, Jesus is not the God who, who sees he is not only the God who sees, Jesus is the God who knows. And he learned that he had been in this condition. And he knew that this man had been in this condition for a long time. Nobody told Jesus what this man was going through. God knew what this man was going through. God knows what you are going through. I need you to say this with me this morning. God knows what I'm going through and he is going and he is doing something about it. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Say God knows what I'm going through and he's doing something about it. Paul in Romans 12 verse 8 says, And we know that all things work for the good of those who love him. Check this. He says, and we know that in all things. Paul says, and we know. The question is, do you know that God is working things out for the good? And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. Do you know that God is working things out for the good. I always say that the arithmetic of God is not good plus good equals to good. But the arithmetic of God is good plus bad equals to good. Because God is working all things for good. The good, the bad and the ugly. He is working all things for good. Hallelujah. But do you know that? Because Paul says, and we know, we know, we know, we know, we know, I know, I know that God is working things out for good. The question is, Mzalwani, do you know? The question is, child of God, do you know for yourself? You Do you know that God is working things out for good in your life? What do we mean when we say Jesus is the God who knows? We mean he is omniscient. He is omniscient. He is a perfect knowledge of all things. He does not have to learn anything. 
are. God does not have to learn anything. He has not forgotten anything. Your situation does not surprise him. Oh, our God knows everything that has happened and everything that will happen. And that alone should encourage us to trust him completely. Hallelujah. That alone should, knowing that God knows everything that has happened and everything that will happen, that should give us the courage and the confidence to trust in him completely. Oh, I got more for you. I got, I got more for you. Psalms, Psalms, uh, Psalms, uh, uh, Psalms 139, verse 1 to 4. And I, oh Lord, I want us to catch this. Psalms 139, verse 1 to 4. Oh Lord, help us here. Lord, thank you, Jesus. It says, it says, David says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Ah, God, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You know all my ways. Ooh, he knows all my ways. And in verse 4 he says, Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. There is nothing hidden. He knows. He is the God that knows. We are completely known by God. David says, you have searched me and know me. Lord, may you search me this morning. May you search us this morning. So that we may be known by you. Hallelujah. God knows everything about us. In fact, God knows us better than we know ourselves. Ah, God knows you better than you know yourself. He knows our words before we even speak. He knows our thoughts before we, we, we have them. God knows everything about us, even the worst parts. <laughs> oh, Lord, he knows the worst parts about us and yet he still chooses to love us and save us. God knows the worst parts in your life. God knows the sins in your life. God knows the, the sins that you are struggling with. He knows the things that you are struggling with. Yet he still chooses to love you. For God so loved the world. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he has that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life catch this it says for God so loved the world it does not say for God so loved believers it does not say for God so loved pastors it does not say for God so loved ushers it does not say for God so loved worshippers it says for God so loved the world is not exclusive it is inclusive. It is inclusive of matters. It is inclusive of the LGBTQ society. For God so loved the LGBTQ society. For God so loved the murderers. For God so loved the liars. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not 
die but have everlasting life. He knows our worst, but yet he chooses to love us. He knows our weaknesses, yet he still chooses to love us. He knows that we mess up, but yet he still chooses to love you and me. What are the worst parts in your life? The worst part in this man's life in John 5 could have been him being an invalid for 38 years. It could have been even the sin in his life. But God still chose to love him. Jesus still saw him and knew him. He saw the situation. He knew the situation and did something about it. See, Jesus refuses to leave us where we are. He wants to change the situations that we are in. Hallelujah. We have things we are also struggling with that God wants to deal with. Maybe it's deception from the enemy about you not being enough. Or deceiving you from believing that God doesn't exist or that God doesn't care about you. Some of us have been crippled by sin. We keep on missing the mark. We keep on lying to ourselves that we are too messed up to be saved. And that is a lie from the enemy. That is a lie from the enemy. Hallelujah. Jesus comes to this man and says, It doesn't have to end this way. Remember it says, When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you, want to, do you want to get well? Jesus is simply saying, it doesn't have to end this way. There's another side to this situation. You don't have to wait any longer for the water to be stirred. You don't have to believe the lies anymore. You don't have to stay in sin any longer. You don't have to stay in that disappointment. You don't have to camp in that, re in that rejection. This situation, this condition that you are in, it doesn't have to be your conclusion. I am a God that sees. I am the God that knows. And I want to do something with this situation if you allow me to. Do you want to get well? God is asking you this question this morning. That do you want to get well? Because he is the God that sees. He is the God that knows. With our eyes closed. And our hearts open. We go to God this morning with our sins. Because we recognize that Jesus has paid the price for our sins. And so we go to our Heavenly Father this morning, not in fear, but in humility, knowing that He already knows everything about us. That He sees everything about us. We cry out to Him and say, Lord, nothing is hidden from You. Father, nothing is hidden from your sight. Even our sins, 
Even what we're struggling with, Lord, it is not hidden from your sight. Everything is uncovered before you. Ah. May our depression be uncovered before you. The thoughts that we are struggling with, toxic thoughts that we are struggling with, Lord, we uncover them before you, Lord. Lord, deeper things that we are struggling with in our hearts, things that we keep on meditating upon, Lord, we uncover them before you, O Lord. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is, a, is, is, is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you, O Father. Lord, may you shine your light in the darkness that we're holding in our hearts. The unforgiving spirit, Lord, we have in our hearts. Lord, forgive us. May we say along with, 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 with the Psalms, David, when, when, when he said, Search us, O God. Know our hearts. Search us this morning. Search our hearts, O Father. We need you. There is people right now, O Father, who are desperate for you. Lord, who are crying out to you, Lord, to save them. Who are crying to you, Lord, O God, to save them, Lord, from the pit of sin, from the pit of disappointment, from the pit of discouragement. Lord, save them. For you are a God that sees and the God that knows. Move swiftly, Lord, as we say yes to getting well, Lord, whether spiritually, physically, mentally. Lord, even with external stuff at our workplaces, in our businesses, we want to get well, Lord. We want to get well, O oh Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. By the grace that saves us, we ask for the grace to recognize we ask for the grace, your grace, to recognize and renounce the sin in our lives, O oh Father. Father, we count everything as loss, as worthless when compared to the surpassing value, the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus as our Lord and as the ransom for our sin. El Roy. The God who sees. Omniscient God. The God that knows. Lord, you know what this day has been like. You know what this season of our lives have been like. You know the people who are heavy in our hearts. You know the pain, Lord. You know our pain. And Father, you sympathize with us. It encourages me, Lord, this morning that you know us individually. Bring growth, Lord, in our lives as we behold and believe in you more. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah.